This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. From London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Standard. Tens of thousands of protesters are expected to take to the streets of London on Saturday to demand a ceasefire in Gaza. The demonstration coincides with Armistice Day, when a number of large events are already due to take place, including a two-minute silence at the Cenotaph in Westminster for fallen servicemen and women. The Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has criticised the timing of the protest. What I'd say to those who are you know, thinking about protesting is, you know, understand the importance of that weekend to our entire country. Uh, and without wishing to be patronising, if you're seeking to, you know, win over public opinion and to bring people to the cause, are you not in danger of driving people away and causing offence? How does that help those you're campaigning for? You know, what the police service will be doing uh, is making sure those organisers stay away from uh, the Saturday staff, stay away from that part of uh, uh, London, because it's incredibly important. We recognise it's only once a year. We don't do this every weekend. Once a year, we come together to remember our fallen heroes. We come together to show solidarity to those who are currently serving, but also to show support for their uh, families and our, you know, and us, us, all of us to reflect on them. The planned route for the march goes from Hyde Park, about a mile from the War Memorial in Whitehall, to the US Embassy in Vauxhall, south of the Thames. The Festival of Remembrance at the Royal Albert Hall, which will be attended by the King and Queen, as well as other members of the royal family, will also take place on Saturday. I'm now joined by our political editor, Nicholas Cecil. Nick, the pro-Palestinian demonstration on Armistice Day is dividing opinion. Why is it so controversial? Well, the, the feelings are running very high on on this. So we've got faith leaders, senior MPs and the Mayor of London coming together through the Evening Standard to appeal for calm, for respect and, and for, for unity in many respects this weekend in London as people remember those who fell during past wars, the remembrance ceremonies, and, and also basically that there will be this march in, in London on Saturday, a, a, a pro-Palestinian march. Some people support it, some people oppose it, especially the timing of it. But again, there's this appeal for, for, for people just to try and show London's best side, to show how it is a very diverse, very tolerant city, and, and for hopefully it to take place peacefully, allowing these people to protest and make their point without any incidents, or certainly without too many incidents, which the police will have to deal with. There's been calls for the Met Chief to ban the march. Does he have the power to do that? Well, yes, there are powers under the 1986 Public Order Act, Section 13, for protest marches to be banned but they are they're, they're very rarely used and that's because there's quite a high threshold here so if the met police commissioner wanted to ban this march he'd have to believe that there was a risk of serious public disorder if he didn't do so so that's quite a high bar 
and, and, and so far, the, the, the protests we've seen so far, the, 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 the pro-Palestinian uh, marches, uh, we, we have not seen serious public disorder. If the Met had some intelligence, which meant that they believed there would be such disorder, then the commissioner could ask the Home Secretary to ban the march, uh, so it could be banned with her consent. He, he can't act alone, so it'd be a joint decision uh, w- with the Home Secretary. The Home Secretary has criticised the Met on this issue. What has Suella Braverman had to say about the police? Yes, well, she, she's been very controversial here. So she wrote an article in the Times magazine in which she accused the police of being biased and basically treating pro-Palestinian demonstrators, people taking part in marches, less harshly than those taking part in right-wing demonstrations. So if there is trouble and disturbances, she is arguing that the Met Police come down far more heavily on on right-wing protesters. This has caused uh, a huge row. Not only the the words that she used in the comments, and also making comparisons with marches in Northern Ireland, which people found very, very bizarre, but also the fact is that Downing Street hadn't cleared this article, which appears in the Times. So it looks like that they were, she submitted the article to number 10, and that some suggestions were made, changes, some proposed changes, and some may have been made, but others weren't. And so basically, it looks like she's almost freelancing to, to a degree here. Downing Street are looking into exactly what happened to try and get to the bottom of, of how this article came to be in the Times. Times haven't done anything wrong, but how it came to be in the newspaper, with Number 10 saying they hadn't properly cleared it. Rishi Sunak is now facing growing pressure to sack the Home Secretary following this issue. Do you think the PM will give in to the pressure? It's very possible that he may now decide to get rid of his Home Secretary. She is an increasingly divisive figure within the country and the Conservative Party. So, Previously, there were MPs on the left of the Conservative Party who were deeply unhappy about what she was doing, but she still maintained lots of support on the right of the party. So that that picture still remains, but there are MPs who are probably on the centre, possibly slightly more to the right of the Tory party, who even they are now deeply unhappy with how she's behaving. Let's go to the ads. After the break, we hear from The Standard's crime reporter, John Dunn, on the challenges faced by the Met Police this weekend. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Here with me now to discuss the challenges faced by the Met this weekend is John Dunn, the Standards Crime Reporter. The Met's facing a huge headache. Uh, Sir Mark Rowley, the, the commissioner, has got, got real problems with this um, in the sense that we've got a huge pro-Palestine march with numbers being quoted up to half a million, but there will be tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people 
marching in London, meeting in Hyde Park. The police have said they're going to have a ring of steel, which is um, an expression that means they will surround the marchers, if you like, and the cenotaph, where a Remembrance Day parade is, is taking place, to ensure that trouble and violence doesn't flare get out of hand, spread across London. Now, this is a huge logistical problem. A thousand extra police officers are being deployed from across the UK to join the huge METS operation itself. They need these numbers to bolster figures to to ensure that they they can just handle the the numbers who are going to be involved in this protest. Now, against this, you've got got the pro-Palestine rally and then... There's also been muted that uh, far-right activists, including former football hooligans, are planning to come to London to protect the cenotaph to, if you like, uh, as as a kind of de facto vigilante force, uh, protect the armistice parade. Now, this, this brings on another layer of misery for Sir Mark Rowley, the head of the Met, if you like, because these people, more or less vigilantes, are, are also threatening to exacerbate the problem and increase the possibility of violence. So he really has, and the Met have got a huge logistical problem to deal with. You mentioned some in your answer there, but what are some of the extra measures being taken by the Met? As well as numbers, feet on the ground, the police will be heavily relying on intelligence. Now, this march has been allowed to go ahead because the Met have deemed it that the pro-Palestine march is is not likely uh, to cause severe disruption in the sense of violence. Now, now they've done this through looking at their intelligence. And what they do is they have teams trawling through social media, monitoring any group, any sort of uh, outlying group that's planning to cause violence. And on the day, as well as the boots on the ground, they'll very much be looking at social media, breakaway groups, businesses being targeted, etc., um, away from the peaceful demonstration. So it's, it's very much what they call intelligence-led policing, and that, that will be part of it. They'll also know who are potential ringleaders for any trouble or any violence. So they will, be, they will have spotters looking out for those as well. It, it really will be a huge task. And it's, um, it's not just numbers, it's information and intelligence um, that they will need to police this adequately. We hear a lot about how stretched resources are for the police. Will the Met be able to cope? The commissioner, Tamont Rowley, has, has said that he feels that he, he has adequate resources. He's obviously under a lot of political pressure. He stated on the record uh, to Rishi Sunak and his political masters that he, he feels he has sufficient resources. So it's quite a high stakes operation for the Met because they have given assurances that they do have what they need to police this and keep tabs on things and keep things under control. I mean, I think it's important to say there have been a lot of pro-Palestine rallies across the country over the last few weeks uh, since the atrocity in Israel and the subsequent bombing of Gaza. And and there haven't been mass arrests at these protests or there hasn't been a huge amount of trouble. So I think that will give some solace to the Met and give them some confidence that they will be able to police it adequately. You can read more about this story and others in the Standard newspaper or on our website, standard.co.uk. And that's it from this episode. This podcast will be back on Monday at 4pm.
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.